recorded live, Union Inn, Washington, D.C., 1112, 3rd Street, Northeast. We are Steps to Nomagayudet Metro. Nice, brisk walk to Union Station. And a leisurely jaw to the Capitol, Capitol Hill. I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddy, host extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Guestbook Podcast. Guestbook Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We got a good one for you right here. One of the original four of the uh, dinner groups that uh, a lot of uh, African-American commercial real estate professionals partake in once, twice a year. Lamont Bessex from Glen Burnie, Maryland. But the city's probably most associated with is South Mecklenburg, North Carolina after his development firm. We'll get to that. Monty. Why'd you choose this song? It's actually a very spiritual song. And that's what I tell people. It's one of the most spiritual songs you ever want to hear. Why? Because the song says, everyone has a little light under the sun. Which sun are you talking about? Are you talking about the yellow sun? Or are you talking about the sun of God? I choose the sun of God. I like that. <laughs> You've had quite a journey in real estate. Mm-hmm. That, uh, People need to know. Okay. Where you want to start? Start at the beginning. Okay. So the beginning would be San Jose, California, right? Right. When you took drafting classes. Correct. Because you want to be an artist. Architect. Architect. Yeah. My apologies. Well, I mean, one the same kind of little bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> then you came to North Carolina. Right. And at some point you made a transition to not want to be an architect anymore. Right. We're still pursuing the architectural classes in high school and then I met a gentleman who said that architecture is more of an avocation than a vocation. What does that mean? That means you can't really, at the time, the time period we're talking about, you can't really make too much money in architecture. So choose something else. So when you say at the time, how is at the time different from now? Well, we're talking 1982. Okay. Okay, there was no such thing as a developer. Okay. My understanding was the way things got constructed was a company once the new once a new office building they go seek an architect and the architect pulls it all together and then at some point some guy figured out well I can do that instead of you know the company meeting with the architect they can meet with me and I can do things for the company that they shouldn't be doing or that the architect I can do better than the architect so thus a developer was born so in a nutshell you were saying that Companies treated real estate kind of like a proprietary software in tech in the sense of when we need something built, we just build it as opposed to companies that are out there that provide a standard service that we hire. That's correct. Very interesting. And do you, do you think this was unique to just North Carolina? You're saying this is everywhere pretty much. I think it's pretty much everywhere. You know, years ago, D.C. office buildings got built by real estate families, you know, 
they constructed buildings for the specific purpose of leasing them to to the uh, attorneys. That's really how it started. You know, they, they constructed buildings for attorneys. And if you go back in the history, a lot of the companies that were the old family line real estate people were actually attorneys who then got into real estate, okay? Or architects who then got into real estate. Um, JBG, for JBG, that's exactly what I was, was about to say. made of three attorneys. Yeah. Okay? And they went on that for, for decades. Was JBG around in the 80s? Yes, they were. JBG didn't make that uh, name transition until somewhere in the mid-90s. So they were like their actual names before or something? Yeah. But then they figured out, you know, when the developer, quote-unquote, was born, they switched up to JBG and they started working it that way. Yeah, we're we're in the jungles of, of D.C., if you can hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's springtime outside, man. This is birds and squirrels and everybody are having fun for sure so when did you decide you want to do real estate i decided i wanted to do real estate as i was pursuing my degree in finance i was in maryland right at maryland right and toward the end of those years i was actually work going to school at night working full-time during the day having to work for a developer in rockville for about two years what specifically were you doing I was in his accounting department, accounts receivable. So didn't have a degree, so it was like just, and with the with the finance degree and you you taking the accounting classes, it was perfect fit. So you saw his receipts coming in. Saw his receipts coming in. Accounts receivable was like, okay, what 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 are y'all doing in over there? I saw account. I saw right. (laughs) You know, I was in a unique position. I mean, all the checks that the tenants wrote came into me, and and I made the bank deposits and so forth. If it was interest dispersions if it was partnership checks i got it all you know so that's actually a really good education the real estate right there it was a good education you really get to see how the sausage is made Mm -hmm. or how the sausage is served right (laughs) what type of developer was this mostly retail if you go up rockville pike you'll see a number of his properties still uh he they had office properties as well, a few warehouses here and there between here and, let's say, Baltimore. Yeah, my kind of guy right there. Mm-hmm. Covered all across the board. Now, if you'll notice, you look at our uh, look at the episode avatar for this episode. Monty's profession is simply real estate. <laughs> not real estate developer, not real estate investor, not real estate appraiser, uh, not real estate property manager, uh, not real estate finance man just real estate why because monty does it all why don't you give us the rundown of all the companies and all things you've done in dc over your what now it's 25 plus wow the entire time i've been in real estate i've literally had my hands in spent time property management appraisal sales uh, acquisitions leasing what else finance uh development so i've seen pretty much the whole puzzle come together so that's why i just say real estate let's get the rundown of the companies okay so after receiving the degree in finance i got a job with maiden hudson smith as an appraiser 
went from there, went to CoStar. CoStar is what? CoStar is a research company. So that's all I'll say about them. <laughs> <laughs> so if you think about like the MRIS or the MLS system, yeah. I mean, no, a lot of people now go on like Redfin and mm-hmm. uh, Truly and stuff like that. But if you're an agent, you're still using the MLS system, which is the multiple listing service for primarily residential real estate, which yeah. tells you all details sales history as well as square footage of a property how much is listed for you know who the agents are involved are and all mm. that stuff all right on the commercial side yes. they don't use mls they use costar use costar and costar is basically an aggregator of information about commercial real estate specifically on the um the leasing side they definitely have sales information but it's more so backward looking people don't really go onto costar to find out buildings to buy but they do go for to find out what stuff is available to lease. Correct. Yeah. From CoStar, uh, then it was kind of interesting. I went to work for Cushman and Wakefield in their research department. From there, I got hired to join a small uh, a local company called the Freeman Group. From there, Freeman Group had a partnership with a company called the Galbraith Company. There were some moves in the Galbraith Company that forced Freeman to pursue other paths so Freeman joined Cushman and Wakefield so now I'm back at Cushman and Wakefield as a real estate agent from there I spent a couple of years at CB Richard Ellis from there I went to work uh, briefly for a gentleman named Conrad Motts uh, some some projects he had in the pipeline did not come to fruition and is a developer he was a developer interesting enough Conrad's brainchild was the 395 overpass that's being built currently. The air rights. Air rights. The correct. air rights over Massachusetts Avenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Where they're moving a, a church, by the way. Yeah. Literally. Literally. On wheels. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, I went to work for uh, the Neighborhood Development Company as the Director of Acquisitions. And shout to Adrian Washington. And then from there, an opportunity came up where I could start my own entity, so I did so. Initially formed Somek Properties, where we purchased two apartment buildings in Columbia Heights, total of 61 units. And then shortly after, I also formed another entity called Somek Development, which was going to pursue other development opportunities. And interesting enough, my colleague, Mr. Freeman, said, hey, I need some help. So I uh, revived my commercial real estate license and started working for him as well. And when you say Mr. Freeman, who are you talking about? Willard Freeman, the principal of the Freeman Group. And the person, mm-hmm. shout to Silver Spring, <laughs> that brought Discovery Headquarters to D.C. metro area, Silver Spring. That's correct. Right on the site where the old Tasty Diner used to be for all y'all old school Silver Spring heads out there. Uh-huh. I know uh, Discovery is now moving, what, up to New York? New York. Yeah. We're going to miss y'all. We appreciate the last, what, 10 plus, 15 maybe About years? 15 or so uh, years. 15 yeah. or so years. We appreciate the time that you gave us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but shout out to Willard for bringing him down here. So, since uh, forming Summit Properties and Summit Development, when we sold the apartment buildings in 2011, I shut down Summit Properties kept open so make development and then continued to work with uh, Mr. Freeman under the Freeman group my most recent move was uh, about about a week ago formally 
I have transitioned from the Freeman Group and have joined Lewis Real Estate Services. Uh, principal is Miss Freddie Lewis Archer. Fantastic lady, well known and respected. In great the, name. Great, yeah, right. Well known and respected here in the D.C. area. Her primary concentration is retail sales and leasing, especially when it's commingled with mixed-use development. Which brings about another uh, interesting point. Okay. About two years ago, I was representing a client to purchase a warehouse. Now, I already had a relationship with the owner of the warehouse. He chose not to give me the listing, but said, if you bring a buyer, we'll make sure you're compensated. So I did so. Um, my buyer closed on the warehouse. Thinking as a broker, and I had a relationship with the seller, thinking, okay, how does one get two bites at this apple? So I started presenting alternative properties to the seller, hoping that they would buy them. I presented them uh, standalone triple net lease property. And they decided, that's nice, it's got good cash flow, but we're thinking something you know, bit, a bit more lower brow than that, just like another warehouse. I said, okay, great. So I'm looking at this listing and I'm saying, I'm re you know reading it and studying it and I'm saying, why is this not a hot topic? Why is this not a hot pro property? And the Lord literally spoke to me and said, look and study this more. And I did. So for the last uh, two years, I have I hired a consultant and recreated an investment platform for standalone triple net lease assets. Uh, we are targeting these properties from the from the southeast through the southwest, all states excluding Florida, which is extremely saturated, and it's Florida and it's <laughs> Mississippi and uh, Alabama. Just not a whole lot of activity going on there. Okay, uh, but essentially, if it borders the USA and in the southern regions, we're going to target those states. So. And so, is this through? Lewis, or this, is this through? This is through SoMake Development. Okay. The fact that now my brokerage license is with Lewis just creates a, a different synergy that goes on there. So I'm thinking now, uh, and uh, Lewis Real Estate is licensed, is brokerage in several states, a few along the south. So I'm thinking not only now do I have the opportunity to purchase as a principal, I can still make a commission on the sale. Two bites at the apple. Absolutely. All right. Before we get to the seven questions, mm -hmm. are there any deals you've done in your 25 plus years here in D.C. that you want to highlight or you feel you uh, gleaned some valuable knowledge? Some were just favorite deals. Some I have gleaned some knowledge. If you're going to purchase multifamily in the District of Columbia, Make sure it has no tenants or tenants rights attached. <laughs> okay? I cannot stress that enough. Why? These DC's tenant landlord laws are highly favored toward the tenants. Okay? You can get strung out in legal issues for years. Uh, let's see. There was one transaction I truly enjoyed. When I was working for Mr. Freeman and he was working on the discovery transaction. 
He gave me the assignment of finding him land from Bethesda to Prince George's County. Purple line. <laughs> this is way before the purple line was even thought of, I do believe. The red line was still going to Silver Spring. Ah, okay. wow. So, there you go. So I remember one day making a phone call to this landowner in Silver Spring. Now, I wouldn't tell him who the client was, but I had to tell him whom I was working for. You know, so when you call, make the call, you introduce your name and the company you work with. I told Willard, I could literally hear this guy doing backflips on the other side of the phone because he knew the company I worked for and he, he figured out who the client was and he got really excited and we ended up completing that transaction and that's where Discovery uh, Headquarters is today. Tasty Diner people? Yeah. Wow. But, not, but it, remember, we didn't call Tasty Diner people. We called their their listing agent. Ah, uh, okay. So okay. the agent's doing flips. Right. Agent's oh, doing flips. <laughs> the agent's doing flips. As he should. <laughs> As he should. Yeah, that was only about, what, a $450 million project? Crazy. Yeah. Mr. Freeman got definitely got his props on that one, as well deserved. Ready for the seven questions? Sure. What's it called, y'all? It's the questions. It's the questions, boy. It's the questions. It's the questions, yeah. Question number one. Book to add to the library. Two books. The Holy Bible. NIV version. Okay. And the other one I see you already have on your shelf, so. What's that? Why should white guys have all the fun? Uh, uh, Reginald T. Lewis. Yeah. Reginald F. Lewis. F. Lewis, I'm sorry. So inspirational, I read it twice. <laughs> to read that at uh, FAM. And don't forget he's a Baltimore man. Oh, I didn't know that. Grew up in East Baltimore. Yes, sir. All right. So we're going to go with the Holy Bible. Question number two. Podcast subscribe. Interesting enough, I don't subscribe to podcasts. But if I did, it would be Innkeeper Freddy and Bloomberg. Okay. From Bloomberg, I would recommend the David Rubenstein show. Okay. There's a number of guests that are, you know, uh, top notch in their industry or sector and they give a lot of insight as to how they got where they are uh, where they're taking their companies and some of the things that other investors should be concerned about kind of like guestbook pod yeah <laughs> <laughs> number three something you didn't know you needed till you got it actually an excellent credit rating wow i think most people get by with just a fair or good credit rating. When I made a decision that I wanted to improve my credit rating, uh, one, it didn't take a long time to do, which sh kind of shocked me. And two, uh, all of a sudden, I felt like lenders were just throwing money at me. So then the challenge became, with all this new access to credit, the, the challenge became a discipline that you have to say no in accepting more credit, one, and two, the discipline of actually using this new credit that you have now acquired. Because you can get in a completely different hole real quick. Mm -hmm. So, All right, number four, bucket list place to travel. This is a place in the world that you have been to that you recommend the listeners add to their bucket list. South Africa. Okay. This motherland is more beautiful than just about any other country you can imagine. Also, Sorrento, Italy. I was ready to give up my passport. <laughs> is Sorrento on Sicily? No, it's on the 
the the main country of Africa of uh, Italy. Yeah. Okay. So it's it's just south of Naples. Yeah. Interesting thing they they told us about Sorrento was that the Italian mob never infiltrated Sorrento. Really? Because there's two ways in. Mm-hmm. One is from the the water mm-hmm. from the coast, and the other is the main route from the uh, mainland. Mm-hmm. And they just kept them out. As long as you, yeah, because it's like a peninsula. Right. Number five, fifty mile detour restaurant. Harris Crab House near Kent Island. Okay. Off of Route Fifty. Best crabs and seafood around. Okay. So if you are on the Bay Bridge, when you cross over, if you're heading east you're on heading the Bay east, Bridge. Cross over the Bay Bridge. Cross over. When you land, mm-hmm. do you pass the outlets before you get there or do you turn off before the outlets? You pass the outlets okay. on your right. All right. Why Harris Crab House? The best crabs, best seafood around. I mean, it's right there. It's on the water. You know, you want crabs, they go out and pull them out the water. It's, it's, it's literally that fresh, that great. When you go to Harris mm-hmm. and you say, I want a large male, point to point, you're talking eight inches. Wow. Okay. That's a man who knows his crabs right there. Yeah. <laughs> can you buy crabs by the bushel there? Sure can. I've and they steam them and season them and all that? Yes, sir. So what you were saying is... If you're someone who is heading to the beach this summer, say you're going to Lewis or you're going to Ocean City, you're mm-hmm. going to Rehoboth, mm-hmm. you should stop off at Harris Crab stop House. Stop off at Harris Crab get House. Get that half bushel, get that bushel. Absolutely. And you'll be good for the weekend. Right. Now call ahead. Oh. Make your reservation. Okay. Okay. Even to buy a, a bushel. Yes. Definitely to buy a bushel. And quite frankly, look, born and raised in Baltimore, okay? If you're going to buy a bushel of crabs, order them ahead of time. I don't care where you are, okay? Because you'll go up and say, hey, I want a bushel of crabs. And they say, look, we got three dozen left. So now, order your bushel ahead of time. That way they prepare them and set them aside for you. Okay. And you're saying order the same day ahead of time. Correct. Okay. Okay. Or either the day before or the same day. And, and if it's the same day you order, you call in early. See, this is why listeners listen to Guestbook Pod. Uh-huh. Get the real truth from a true Baltimorean about how to order your crabs. All right. Home stretch. Number six, your number one skill. This is your number one honed craft. See, I wasn't really sure about this one, but the more I think about it, it's just uh, when I tell you something, it's going to happen. It usually happens. So I told colleagues in the early 90s, you want to get into condo development. A number of colleagues tell me, yeah, yeah, Monty, we see it, but we're not sure, we're not sure. After it hit, you know, they're coming back to, yeah, we saw it. We, you know, The projects that I feel really passionate about that are I perceive as being home runs, they aren't a lot, and they aren't your highbrow type projects. You know, relatively low to medium brow. There's not a whole lot of sizzle with them, but they're home runs. And money's money. Money's money. So a premonition for real estate? You could call it that. Okay. And last, certainly not least, number seven, your number one talent. This is your innate proficiency. I've been truly blessed with the gift of discernment, which allows me to be able to sift through the rhetoric 
block out the noise and see the truth behind the curtain. That gift has actually prevented me from taking unethical actions or being sucked into taking 125% financing loans to develop real estate. You yeah. Remember those days? Yeah. Yeah. So. Messing up your credit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and since it was a gift from the Lord God himself, it was way better than any talent I could develop on my own. There you go. Perfect way to end it. You got any uh, contact info, social media, website you want to share with the listeners? Website is www.somecdevelopment, S-O-M-E-C-K, development.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn. Okay. And under Monty or Lamont? Lamont. Thanks so much for coming on. You're welcome. Appreciate the info. Of course. Anytime, man. Anytime. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been another episode of Desperate Podcast. As always, you can reach me via email, innkeeper at unionindc.com. And on social media, or on Instagram, at unionindc, at guestbookpod, at innkeeperfreddy. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E. Again, Monty. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Don't let the phone take us home. This is how I am, Monty. You need a bathroom built? (laughs) And and as as, uh, our host knows, I know how to build with with my left and right hand. Yes. I'm telling you. And I'll tell you, he came came to the job every day when he said he was going to be there. He was done when he said he was going to be done and did everything. I mean, of all the people I worked with in trying to build this into the fruition that it's at right now, I can honestly say Monty is one of the most trustworthy and one of the most diligent and uh, work ethic type persons that I've had help me with making this happen. So I thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.